The reading today is taken from John chapter 14, verses 15 to 21, and is titled, Jesus Promises the Holy Spirit. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you, and you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am, your, I am, I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray for Martin, shall we, as he comes to preach. Father, you've blessed us already once today through Martin. And again, we pray your strengthening, your empowering, your encouraging of Martin as he speaks to us. Lord, we, we want to uh, hear your voice, and Lord, we pray that we will be obedient as we do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, as, as I look around, most of you know who I am. Uh, a few faces are less familiar, but my wife Susie and I are, are interlopers from the nine o'clock service. Uh, well, we occasionally appear here, but, uh, and we have the privilege of being sent out by Christ Church from time to time to be involved in mission work. But I don't know what you've, you've been expecting as you've come along this morning. Uh, maybe you're not expecting anything particularly from the speaker, but here I am. I'm about to speak to you. And what might I be talking about? Because it's Harvest Sunday, so maybe my talk's going to be about Harvest Sunday. But then we see the title and the theme for today's service, Enjoying the Sun's Touch in Every Supper. What, what does that mean? When I was given the title to preach from, that was my first question. What exactly does that mean? <laughs> Uh, and then maybe thought, well, the Bible reading, that will help me understand what it's all about. Well, how does that fit quite with what we've uh, got as a title and Harvest Sunday? Well, we're going to have fun this morning trying to put it all together. And, of course, it all comes from the series that we're doing on this book at the moment, Tim Chester's book, Enjoying God. The title is his, and the reading is the main uh, chunk he has chosen at the, the start of the chapter. And so I've had a bit of help from Tim Chester in, in putting it all together. But that the scripture that we've just read is a very meaningful one to me. Jesus telling his disciples that he will not leave them as orphans. 
because I am an orphan. My father and mother had both died by the time I was eight and a half. And so for the last 50 years, I've lived as an orphan. And when Jesus is going to leave his disciples and say, don't worry, I'm coming back to you. I will not leave you as orphans. That's very meaningful to me. For 50 years, I've been missing my parents. For 50 years, I've been hoping somehow or wishing somehow that there could be some way of, of connecting back with them. I'll have to wait until <laughs> I go to join them, I think. But uh, one day, I will see them again. But in this passage, Jesus is saying to his disciples, he won't leave them. He won't abandon them. He will come back to them. So where are we going with this? In this talk and this series, I think it's good to look back and see where we've come so far. The whole idea that Tim Chester has is that we would enjoy God. We would experience him. We would experience fellowship with him day by day in all the ups and downs of life, in all the busyness and distractions. Yet still, we would enjoy fellowshipping with God. And in the first talk in the series, Peter laid the foundation Two of the key principles that, that it's helpful for us to grasp a hold of. The first is that God is a trinity. is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that as we fellowship with God, we're fellowshipping with the Father, with the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And our fellowship with each of them is slightly different. What they have done for us and do in our lives is slightly different for each one of them. And so it's helpful to, to relate to them as individuals as well as the whole Godhead. And so today our focus is on the Son, Jesus. But next week, Rachel will be preaching, and she'll be preaching on enjoying the Father's welcome in every prayer. So the focus will shift from the Son to the Father. Then the following Sunday, it will be Peter, enjoying the Spirit's life in every temptation. So this, the, the focus will shift to the Spirit. And the second key principle was that our union with God is the basis for our communion with him. The fact that he has joined us with himself, and we don't have to do anything to do that, is the basis for us now to enjoy fellowship with him. He has done so much already to enable us to have that fellowship, but there's still a part for us to play, though. We have to want that communion together with him. And in the second talk in the series, Peter uh, was looking at enjoying the Father's generosity in every pleasure. But that started out by looking at the, the wonderful blessings that God 
the Father has given us. And we were looking at that passage in Ephesians chapter 1, where it shows how the Father has adopted us as his children, welcomed us into his family, how he has redeemed us through the blood of his Son. So we are no longer in slavery. We've been bought out of slavery. And then he has sealed us with his spirit. It's a mark of his ownership upon us. It's also for us a guarantee to us that we are part of his family. He has generously done all this for us. So we are free to enjoy fellowship and friendship with him. Yet I start to wonder when I look at my own life, am I really making the most of every opportunity to enjoy that fellowship? Are there times when I take God for granted? In the confession we talked about it, that so many times that we're too busy, (laughs) we're too distracted, We're thinking of other things and don't realize that God is with us, wanting us to enjoy him, enjoy his presence, enjoy fellowshipping together with him. And so in the talk a couple of weeks ago, Peter was talking about the the spiritual blessings that the Father has poured out upon us. But also he went on to, to talk about the physical blessings we have received. And often we need those as a reminder of the spiritual blessings. We need some, to see something physical as a reminder, yes, God does love us. Yes, God is with us. And up here we've got all these physical things, our way of saying thank you to God, for the blessings that he has given us. That, that's really, really helpful thing. And for Susie and myself, we, we moved house 18 months ago. And we were just talking about it a couple of days ago, that that, that house is a real gift from God to us. It's a, it's a real sign of his love for us, his, his blessing on our lives. It's something... I mean, we never imagined we'd be living in a, in a house like that. And it is such a blessing. It's such a, a physical sign of his love for us. And so we, we have that there, right there. We can touch it. We can look at it and see it and be reminded, yes, God loves us so much. And those physical things are actually very important sometimes when God seems distant or, as we were hearing last week from Ivan, when, we feel, when we're under the cosh. I think Ivan uh, changed the title that, from the book. He wanted something a bit snappier, I think. So under the cosh uh, met, the, met his requirements. But it was about God the Father forming us as his children through the hardships that we face. Yet, as we, in the midst of those hardships, it can feel so often that God isn't with us, that he has forgotten us. 
So having something physical and concrete that reminds us of his love for us is, is very helpful. Jesus certainly knew about being under the cosh. If we th- look at today's reading, that's, in the whole, that's on the night before his crucifixion. And in John chapters 13 to 17, we can read of how things panned out with him and his disciples before Jesus then went to endure the agonies in Gethsemane where he was asking God, is it possible for this to be done any other way? But then he went through his trial and his crucifixion, the agonies of death on a cross. And you wonder, well, how was that for Jesus? The, the last night, the last evening and night of life before all that happens. I don't know how you would face looking at something like that. But we see from the start of John chapter 13 that Jesus' focus was on his disciples. It wasn't on all the pain ahead. First of all, it was the disciples he was leaving behind. And Jesus wanted to show them the full extent of his love for them. And he did that in actual practical and physical ways. He showed them his love by washing their feet, first of all. By taking the role of a servant. In their culture, that was the, <laughs> the job for servants. Everybody out walking all day in their sandals, really dirty feet. Then a servant normally would be washing feet, everyone's feet before the meal. I don't know if there was no servant there, whatever. But Jesus took the role of the servant. He said, I love you. I'm going to wash your dirty, smelly feet for you. But he went on from there. He went on to celebrate the Passover meal together with them. And as he gave them the bread, as he gave them the wine, he said, this is my body and blood that I'm about to give for you. Again, wanting to communicate to them, I love you. This is how much I love you. You you don't understand right now what I'm doing, but I'm going to my death and you will remember me by the bread and the wine. And he gave them a new commandment to love one another as he loved them. So that this great love that he shared, he had for them, wouldn't disappear, but would be continued by the disciples as they were loving each other, and then spread that love further and further. But it's interesting to think, as Jesus is eagerly wanting to show the disciples how much he loves them, what else he knows about the disciples at that moment. 
As he washes their feet, he knows that one of them is going to betray him. As he tells them, this is my body and my blood, he knows that they are all going to run away and abandon him. He knows that one of them, the one who most vocally expresses his love for him, Peter, is going to deny knowing him. He knows that these disciples really have not yet grasped who he is. Just before that passage, one of them, Philip, is speaking up and saying, just show us the Father, that will be enough for us. And Jesus says, have I been among you so long, Philip, and still you do not know who I am? So it wasn't a big, nice group of people who Jesus loved because they understood who he was and would never abandon him, never deny him. No, he knew that they were weak. He knew they hadn't grasped fully who he was. It sounds familiar to me. <laughs> I can think of Philip and say, well, you've had three years with Jesus and you still didn't know who he was. Well, I've had more than 50 years with Jesus, not quite in the same way, but so many times I just don't really see who he is and understand the depth of his love for me, understand all his desire to, to bless me and all his purposes in my life to transform me. I'm weak, like those disciples were weak, yet still Jesus loved them. And in fact, if we put together the things he was saying, including some of the things he says in the passage that we read, basically we can summarize it like this. I'm leaving you now, but I will come back and I will take you to to live with me where I am. I want you to live with me there. Until then, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come and live in you by my spirit. My father and I will come to you and make our homes in you. Making his home in us. Before he then takes us to live with him in his home. That he wanted to show the disciples his full, the full extent of his love. I, th- I think this shows the full extent of his love. Not just that he has done some wonderful nice things for us. At a distance. But he wants to enjoy us. As we're looking at this series on, on enjoying God, it's not simply the fact that we are being encouraged to enjoy God, but God actually enjoys us, just as Jesus enjoyed those disciples of his and said to them, 
I want you with me where I am. In fact, I can't wait till then. I'm going to come and live in you now. He enjoys us. He enjoys us so much to want to be with us. He wants that fellowship and friendship with us. And that is despite all our weaknesses and all our failings. We may not be like the disciples and betray Jesus or abandon him or deny who he is. But if you're anything like me, then there are times when do forget him, ignore him, disobey him. Yet still, still, he loves me. When I don't understand who he is, like the disciples, he loves me. He loves you. And when I try to to imagine how he looks at me, I, I like to think of the fruit of the Spirit. What do I see in Jesus' eyes as he looks at me, despite my own failings and shortcomings? I see his love for me. I see the joy that he has in me, the delight he takes in me. I see, I receive that sense of peace. There's no sort of anxiety about the relationship. There's no, he's, he's at peace. And he communicates his peace. You're welcome. <laughs> and he's patient. He's kind. He's good. He's completely faithful and gentle and even self-controlled. I can imagine there are times when if we knew the full extent of his love, really, it would completely overwhelm us. He has to hold back. And maybe, actually, sometimes, like with the disciples, he might express a bit of frustration with us, but he will control, have self-control, knows what we are able to take. And as Jesus looks at at us with these things in our lives, he wants, in in his eyes, he wants our lives to, to be full of those things as well. And just as he wanted the, dis- the disciples to continue showing his love to each other and the world, he wants us to be a church, a community filled with our relationships full of love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. <laughs> But Jesus looks at us with that sort of love in his eyes and says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And yet, and yet sometimes in our lives that is 
it seems to be a distant thing. Where are you, Jesus? He said you will come to us. Where are you? And he does feel distant sometimes. I've been through periods of my life where he seemed a long, long way away. But he has given us something physical. Something that will help us to, to grasp a hold of the fact that he is with us. When everything inside us is saying, no, no. Yet there is something outside us. A physical representation that says, this is the full extent of my love. I think Tim Chester has possibly cheated a bit in giving the title that he did to this chapter, enjoying the sun's touch in every supper. By supper, he actually means the Lord's Supper. Or communion. And he wants us to see how, as we take communion regularly, not this morning, but uh, in, fu- in a future week, in future weeks, that can be a time where we experience physically the love of Jesus. Something that is there that we can touch that is real. That demonstrates that Jesus really does love us and is with us. That night that Jesus was with his disciples and said, This is my body, this is my blood. He gave them and us something that we can always remember him by and be reminded of his presence because we actually take a hold of the body and blood of Jesus. And as Jesus says, I will be in you, well, we take his body and blood inside us. It's a physical demonstration that he is in us. He and the Father have come to live in us by the Spirit. This is the full extent of his love. And what Tim Chester suggests that we can do is that when you receive communion, the body and the blood, we can imagine that it is Jesus himself who is giving it to us. We can imagine the look in his eyes. We can imagine that he is communicating to us his love for us. His joy and delight in us. We can imagine that he is communicating his peace. So we don't have to be worried. Does he accept me? Does he welcome me? Yes, he does. We can imagine him communicating any of those other qualities of the fruit of the spirit that we need. Because he loves us. We receive Physically, his touch through the body and the blood. We can also imagine him reaching out as he gives us his body and blood and maybe putting his hand on our shoulder 
say, I am with you. We can imagine him even enfolding us in an embrace, saying, I am with you. Because that is his promise to us, even in the hardest times. He will not leave us as orphans. He has come to us. He is with us. He does take delight and us and enjoy us. And he wants us to share in his love and to share in his joy. I know what it's like to be left as an orphan, but I've also experienced knowing Jesus coming to me, pouring out his love upon me. And I'm growing in, ex- in realizing, yes, he does enjoy me. He does delight in me. <laughs> I pray that each of us will grow in this more and more. So let us pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you wanted us, each one of us, to be a part of your family. And you loved us so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, to redeem us so we could be part of that family. And Jesus, you showed us the full extent of your love for us by going through that horrendous death for us. Because you so desired for us to be part of your family, to live together with us. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't just go back to heaven after you were raised from the dead and stay there. But you love us so much that you pour yourself into our hearts by your spirit and you seal us for yourself that we are yours and we can daily fellowship with you as you fellowship with us and you do give us love and joy and peace and you want that to fill our relationship with you and with each other pour your spirit into our hearts to give us greater revelation of who you are, your great love for us, and who you have called us to be as your brothers and sisters. Thank you for your presence with us now. Amen.